Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and we have a very exciting show today. We're going to be talking about the boomer generation, and we have Rebecca Emholtz. She is the host of Let's Talk Boomers on 94.3 FM in Charleston, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. So give us an overview of all that you do, because you do so much in the community here. So tell us about what you're doing and what kind of what's going on. Well, I um, own and host Let's Talk Boomers on 94.3 WSCFM on Saturday mornings. It airs at 9.30. I started the show uh, about six years ago now. And I come from a broadcasting background, but then when I, uh, you know, years ago, I went to Virginia Tech and did some radio and worked at a TV station. And then I went more into the PR route. Uh, doing nice. some work with the Department of Energy, and then moved to Charleston almost 25 years ago, wow. raised three boys, mm-hmm. uh, took a break from a, a paying job, <laughs> <laughs> but have always been involved in the community as a volunteer. Yeah. When I turned 50, that was a really, turning 50 is always a, uh, it's a milestone right. when you turn yeah. 50. And love my husband, been married you know 30 years, but realized that I needed something for me, right? something I could be really excited about. Mm-hmm. And I decided to start a radio show. So I That's went great. over yeah, went over to iHeart, it's now iHeartMedia, it was Clear Channel at the time, iHeartMedia, talked to Shane Griffin, who I'd known for years. He yeah. is, uh, was my producer, at started out producing my show. He's been in sales for a long time, comes from a radio background. I said, Shane, I'm thinking about starting a show about the baby boomer generation. Yeah. What do you think about that? And he said, Rebecca, there's nothing like that here in Charleston. Almost the same week that I talked to him, the station in Seattle, Washington, did an all boomer format. Mm-hmm. Like n- nothing but the type of music that you know we grew up with, right. discos and Casey and the Sunshine Band mm-hmm. and all that. <laughs> so. I um, obviously there is a audience out there, you know, demographically. Absolutely, yeah. Boomers are still buying cars mm-hmm. because we still like that independence. Right. They're starting to take trips if their children are grown. Weddings. Mm-hmm. We live in a huge wedding capital of the world, yeah, practically. For sure. So there's so there were so many ways to. Uh, I had to find sponsors, right? So right. there were so many ways to uh, sell not only the advertising, but have people on the show yeah. that could communicate with the boomers and talk about what they wanted to listen to. So I have what's called block programming. Mm-hmm. So for 30 minutes, I can talk about whatever I think mm-hmm. is important for the listener to hear. Right. While also keeping in mind that I have sponsors and have uh, really terrific sponsors. One of them is Exit Realty, the Carolinas, mm-hmm. Michael Washburn. Um, he also has something called SeniorHomeBuyers.com, so yeah. that if you're trying to move your, your aging parent out of the house quickly, he can take mm-hmm. care of that. He has a team. And the other one is Homegrown Financial, David Hellman. I've known him for years and years in Charleston as yeah. well. He's been a volunteer in the senior world, and he is my other sponsor. He specializes in reverse mortgages. So. I'm really lucky that I've kept up such amazing sponsors throughout the years that I'm able to have some of what a variety show. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and not just talk about what the sponsors do. Yes, they're on. They talk about it, but uh, 
my upcoming show is actually with Stephanie Scheip at the Gilliard Center. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to be talking about what's going on at the Gilliard and all the great performances. Yeah. And she's got some giveaways, some tickets. That's awesome. That's great. So, that's a long answer to that short no, question. No, no, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> now that gives us a very good overview. So let's talk about this generation and let's let's kind of let people know kind of what that consists of, um, what years that consists of. All right. So technically, you're a baby boomer if you were born around 1944, 1946, when World War II ended, to 1964. Mm -hmm. You're in the baby boomer generation. And and how big is that population right now? It's huge. Yeah. Um, We are 65. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the number? The most recent number here was 10,000 a day or turning, you know, 65 and retiring. So it's a really big population, which lends itself to what are we going to do as we get older baby Mm -hmm. boomers in terms of healthcare? Yeah. Absolutely. Which is where I think this is a which which is a great way to for us to interact today yeah, because that's sure. what LTC is about. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're we we're all about education. We're all about helping people find you know resources and helping uh, different entities you know manage that. And 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 so that's kind of what I want to jump into is really kind of some of those challenges that this generation's facing you know a lot of them are they're getting older like you said there's like 10,000 a day turning 65 so there's a lot of people retiring and you know as medical you know technology and and different um, treatments continue to to you know progress people are living longer right which is both a blessing and a curse that's right yeah it's you know you don't want to outlive your money right exactly and so so let's let's jump into that part the financial part of that you know that's that can be a tough thing for a lot of people well and one of the folks that i've had just it's been such a blessing getting to know her over the years is christine sheffield and she wrote a book called the parent care conversation mm-hmm. and the most recent uh book and actually i got my father-in-law <laughs> to go on the cover with me nice. is um the parent care conversation the 11.5 strategies for transforming the emotional and financial future of your aging parents yeah. it is a must read i when I read her book, I went, oh, my gosh. I mean, I am so much about this right now with my aging parents. Mm-hmm. The time my mother was still living, and uh, she since passed away two years ago. So I've gone through this huge journey as a baby boomer who's working, taking care of a family, mm-hmm. but also having to be there for aging parents and making sure that financially they're okay and that the financial emotional uh structure of our family isn't destroyed yeah because the finances are are the most important part until you get a handle on that you Mm -hmm. can't plan right you've got a plan by default and not by design Mm -hmm. and a plan by default is no fun right because your stress level goes way up (laughs) for sure (laughs) and the cost goes way up i mean yeah it's just not good so getting a handle on that financial piece is important, which is also the most difficult conversation to have with your yeah. parents. Yeah, I think I know I know my my dad, you know, just growing up knowing he does not like to talk finances. That, that generation does anybody. Doesn't. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't, you know, you don't ask them how much they make. You don't. That's very private. Yeah. So how do you get beyond that? And, and what I love with what Christine Sheffield has done is she she has something called the the care acronym so you start the conversation by thinking about the big picture Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I wish I had met her before the first time I tried to have the conversation with my parents because the first time I had the conversation, <laughs> being the type A person I am, I just said, this is what we should do. Right. And they didn't like that at all. Right. I mean, my dad wouldn't talk to me for about six months mm-hmm. because I had a plan. And he's like, why should I listen to you? So what I should have done is is have the big picture conversation right. and say, mom and dad, where do you see yourself in 10 mm-hmm. years, right? Well, their answer would have been, we're going to stay in our house. Okay, yeah. that's great. What are some challenges, you think, mm-hmm. to that? Will you be able to have care? Um, mom had dementia at the time, wow. couldn't drive. My dad has Parkinson's. So what are some of those challenges to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, well, we'll just have our local family stop by and take care of us. Well, we know they've mm-hmm. got their own families to and take that's a, care of. That can of. be a burden. That can be a burden. So if it's okay, what are some alternatives? Because we can't count on, you know, Cousin Joe and Arlene to come in what else are we going to do and I live far away I'm Mm -hmm. love you mom and dad but I'm not uprooting my life to go care is not cheap no and care is not cheap so let's look at that what's available here in the area well it doesn't matter I was surprised to find this out whether or not it's Charleston or southwest Virginia it starts at $22 an hour. It yeah. doesn't matter where you live. Right. Because when you think about a certified home care, non-medical home care agency, you've, you've got, you want somebody who's had a background check, has workman's comp. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in your parents' house. Yeah. So that's, that's what the going rate is. That's nothing that's, it doesn't matter where you live in the United States of America. That's pretty much the going rate. Right. And that can add up so fast. Oh my goodness. It adds up. It and, really does. And it can drain a bank account. It can drain a bank fast. account. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's an alternative. And then what are some resources, you know, the home care agency, perhaps you ought mm-hmm. to look at moving yeah. into a community where you're getting good care, you're still around people, and then talk about what the experience looks mm-hmm. like now yeah. that you've had that conversation yeah. and had a little bit of reality mm-hmm. injected into it. And it doesn't end with one conversation. Right. It is a progressive conversation. Mm-hmm. You sort of plant the seed. I am not patient. My husband yeah. will tell you that in a skinny minute. I'm not patient. <laughs> I'm like, do it. Yeah. Okay, we know what we need to just do it. But with your parents, almost like a child, mm-hmm. you plant that seed, and then they'll, they'll think about it. Mm-hmm. And the next time you're with them, you talk about it again. To the extent possible, it's, you need to have those face-to-face conversations yeah. because over the phone, it just doesn't do it. So I would try to pick times where they were in the car with me, mm-hmm. whether they were here in Charleston or I was visiting with them, just a quiet time. Yeah. And constantly talk about that. Or, hey, the grandchildren are doing this. Wouldn't you like to see, you know, obviously I'd love to have them near me. Now, I failed on that. Yeah. <laughs> My dad is still in Virginia. Right. But so, yeah, it's just it's just talking about uh, the big picture. And then that first big challenge, there's really five of them, that first big one is financial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely got to be the toughest subject to broach. Yes. Um, yeah, I know. I know my grandfather. He lived to be ninety-five years old, and he would not leave his house. He did not want to do it. So you know, my family, they took turns. They all lived really close, within like less than a mile away. So they took turns staying with him at night. 
Um, wow. You know, and they, they used some VA resources as much as they could and, you know, for, for cleaning the home and different things that, that were available. But it was definitely a burden who my mom and dad are, you know, they're getting older now, you know, and then you know, her siblings. And it was tough. It was really difficult, you know, and thank God is is financially he was OK. He had enough money. He was able to live and, and, and he planned well. So that was fine. But it was still very difficult, you know, and and, and I know when they they were looking to put him into a skilled facility. And because of the situation that he had, he was going to lose his home Mm -hmm. and everything. And so that was just, it was a lot of decisions to make. So it's, it's definitely very, it's a tough, tough thing to bring up, but it's so necessary. There are a lot of pieces to that puzzle Mm -hmm. and all you can do is sort of work from the outside in. Yeah. Like if you're working a big jigsaw puzzle and say, all right, so what do I have to get my arms around first? What's Mm -hmm. the border? It's the finances. Yeah. And since then, I um, have been more involved with my father on his, and that's really helped me get a bigger picture. Right. Uh, if, whether or not it's me, and I said this to my parents early on, I don't care who it is, if mm-hmm. it's your accountant, if it's a trusted family friend, but when you get to the point where you're struggling with paying bills, not because you don't have the money, but you forget, right. then we have to do something about mm-hmm. that. So. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge. And then the um, just the emotions of, yeah. of the whole situation. If, if they can't drive or they're not going out as much, loss of relationships. Right. That's another thing to talk to them about. What do you want that to be like? Well, I want to stay in my home. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let's, well, then you'll be isolated. Yeah. Because you won't be able to go to church or... Right to the um you know the vfw or anything that you went to Mm -hmm. before you're gonna be in your house right and loneliness is very damaging to your brain uh you know when they you know this is completely different topic but when they move a prisoner to solitary confinement Mm. they a lot of times they can they have psychological issues from that you know being alone day after day after day and the same thing for i think how many seniors are out there living alone with hardly any contact you know maybe they don't have as much family i just can't even imagine what that's like and i'm i'm a people person i have to be around people oh, I'm an i would extrovert. be in trouble yes oh yeah i would be it would be horrible uh, but that's that's a huge part of it. Well, the Alzheimer's Association, and I just recently did an interview with them talking about the walk to end Alzheimer's um, happening soon in Charleston, September 14th, I believe. It, there's science mm-hmm. that says if someone is isolated yeah. and not engaged, it leads to dementia. Mm-hmm. If someone can't hear, it leads to dementia. Right. If they're not reading or using their brains, mm-hmm. it leads to dementia. Right. And then you've got another host of problems. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. And then that can all lead into a chronic illness, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They don't take their meds because they have dementia. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it all adds up. And and, and you're going to have, I mean, we're all going to have illness. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's inevitable. We're all going to deal with certain illnesses and, and face certain things and that generation is dealing with their parents right now you know dealing with those chronic illnesses and those things that that they're going through and then they're eventually going to have if not already 
um, deal with some of those things with heart disease and, and just a slew of things. But when I think about my parents who were born at both were born in 1930 mm-hmm. and they were the youngest of many children, right? They went away as adults and came back mm-hmm. and they didn't really have the caregiving burden of their parents. Right. One thing, their parents didn't live as long. Mm-hmm. And even though they've inherited some of the same health issues, their parents didn't live as long with them because right. they didn't have the medicine. And then they had older siblings. So I don't think they really had an understanding of what it took to be a caregiver. Right. And just thought, well, there's this beautiful Norman Rockwell painting. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to just spend my final days on the porch in my rocking chair (laughs) without really thinking about what was going to have to be done. And uh, my father, one time he had open heart surgery about four years ago. And that's probably the first time we really talked about his finances when he thought, I might not make it. Yeah. And have to make sure my wife is okay. Right. But it took something like that mm-hmm. before he would talk about it. And uh, thankfully, over the years, I had gotten him already to do the power of attorney and mm-hmm. the advanced medical care. And all. It also took me a while to explain to him that yeah. the power of attorney is not the same thing as who you're leaving money to in your will. Mm-hmm. That took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so elder care attorneys out there, God bless you. But there needs to be a whole way of how right. do you talk with the senior who may not realize that there's really four documents that you need. Yeah to make sure that your affairs are in order. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. And just because you pick one child over another to be your POA, it doesn't mean you don't love child right. B as much as you do child A. Somebody's gotta be in charge. Somebody's gotta be in charge. <laughs> and, and it's just like when you're picking a guardian for your children. Mm-hmm. I remember my husband said to me, no one's going to replace you. Yeah. You just first accept that right. now. Who's next in line best to take care of our children should yeah. something happen to us? Right. And that's the way you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. And the same with when you're deciding who should be your power of attorney to take care of your needs when mm-hmm. you aren't capable of doing that. Yeah. So that's an important conversation. And then I would say the other challenge uh, is property and housing. Yeah. It's a huge one. Anybody mm-hmm. out there who's had to take care of cleaning up an older person's home who it all looks neat and pretty on the inside. Right. You My, start pulling back closet You doors. open a closet and stuff falls on top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, really? Yeah. And then you realize there's an attic, and then you go into the detached garage, yeah. and there's another attic, and you're like, right. oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. I'm going to be here a while. Yeah, and that goes, and that, and that all, and all these things tie together, too. I mean, when you're going through somebody's, clothing your mother's clothing your dad's it's it goes back to the emotional part you know it's tough it's so hard um my father it looks like my mother just walked out the door and she died two years ago Mm. he still has her pajamas hanging up in the bathroom so and i get that it's it's Mm -hmm. really hard everybody uh grieves at their own pace Mm -hmm. that you have to respect that yeah. Grief and loss, we just don't want to talk about it as a society right. at all. For some reason, we think we're all going to live forever. <laughs> yes, yeah. but we are. And and so that is another conversation, which I call the legacy, where you yeah. sit down and say, what, what do you want your legacy to be? I don't mean how much money are you going to leave everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should talk about where you want to put you know memorials to or you have some money you want it to go to a certain cause or your church or civic organization but what do you want your final remembrance to look like because i can't read your mind and and if you go ahead and you you do that 
then that is one of the greatest gifts anybody could give anyone. My my mother did that. She mm-hmm. planned her funeral. I sat down with her, and we had everything figured out. Now, she decided to prepay, and you can do that. It's, right. it's an insurance product. Not everybody's ready to do that, and that's fine. The most important thing is to gather all the information. There were some questions that she answered for me. Her name was spelled legally different than the way she had spelled it her entire life. Wow. I did not. I knew her her mother's maiden name, but when I asked mm-hmm. my husband, "Hey, do you know my mom's mother's maiden name?" Like if I wasn't here and something, you know, right. he goes, he guessed he was wrong. Wow. And if you don't have the death certificate perfectly correct, and mm. it has to go back to dehacker to to be reissued, mm-hmm. it can hold up getting insurance money for months. Wow. So it's super important to have all those uh, I's dotted, T's yeah. crossed, all that correct. And not, that's just, again, a simple conversation. And I bet most families are not talking about any of Oh, this. no, because nobody's going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, right. But yeah, with the, air quotes there. <laughs> with air quotes, right, right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, with air quotes. And, but we we had fun with it we went to the local funeral home up mm-hmm. in virginia my mom was a teacher and my husband said hey Anne, look there's a lamp in there you can continue reading all those lesson plans <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed about it right and we picked out her casket we picked out my father's yeah we talked about what they wanted what mm-hmm. they wanted is not what i would have guessed yeah and yeah it ended up being it takes a the nice pressure off of you oh my goodness and so when that time came for her uh there were so many things I wasn't anticipating mm-hmm. near the end of her life. So many decisions I had to make. Uh, trying, she when she died, she died of uh, complications from a stroke, mm-hmm. so she couldn't communicate. She couldn't move one side of her body. So right. I'm trying to work with her when she can only you know look at me and, and somewhat mm-hmm. gesture. And because we were so close, I could usually figure out what she needed. I am so grateful that I didn't have to worry about, okay, now what do I do at the funeral home? It was done. I called them. They came and got her. Mm -hmm. I was able to come back to Charleston, grab my family, and go back and concentrate, truly concentrate on the church service. Yeah. Instead of you know, trying to figure all the rest of that out, mm-hmm. so it was—it truly is a gift. Yeah, it really, it really is. You know, and I think all those things. So, so let's let's kind of go back through this list here, and give us some financial things that people can do, some resources possibly. You know, who do they need to talk to? You know, financially, to make sure that they don't run out of money. You know. Uh, to make sure that they have, you know, with their parents, mm-hmm. they have the conversation. You know, where would you tell somebody to start financially? A trusted financial advisor. Talk with uh, people you know who've used someone. Um, make sure they're well vetted. Mm-hmm. You can, I think it's called FINRA. You can go and see if there's been anything unseemly that they've yeah. done. You know, you want to check them out. It's your money. Absolutely. So, but, you know, it's always good to start with family and friends who have have one of their own trusted advisors mm-hmm. and then you just it's tough you gotta you gotta be real you've got to sit down and and look at a spreadsheet and say right this is what i want my experience to look like 
and then get realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a whole spreadsheet of what the different retirement communities, well, there's some new online that I haven't looked at <laughs> yet, but a lot of the retirement communities cost right? and what that looks like. And that cost isn't going to be the same. Yeah. It's going to go up as cost of living goes Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. So and you they keep so putting more features into these <laughs> places, you know, these uh, you know retirement homes and, and assisted livings. Oh wow, they're some of them are just, but they're expensive. Right. And it, my in-laws did decided not to stay in their home per se. Mm-hmm. They bought into a community in Florida. Right. So they did not want to have to go through selling their home again. Mm-hmm. So they have a single what I call a single family home, but it's in a community where they have so many meals a month that they can either enjoy at the dining hall mm-hmm. or have have brought to them. They're still really, really active. Yeah. And yet when the time comes, they know that they can go into assisted living or in skilled nursing. Yeah. So those are called continuum of care retirement communities. They're very popular these days mm-hmm. because parents and children aren't necessarily in the same community. Right. And then I tell my friends who's parents made the decision to move to Charleston to be near them mm-hmm. you are so blessed yeah because when you're far away and you're trying to take mm-hmm. care of somebody it's extremely stressful yeah absolutely so yeah. but definitely finding a trusted advisor and um, hopefully you've done that before the end right yeah for <laughs> sure there's only so much you can do yeah. but as all along just uh, there's there's uh, programs out there that you can plug in that says here's how much money i need Mm -hmm. to keep my house yeah even if it's paid for right there's taxes there's utilities Mm -hmm. do you still want all of that yeah exactly um i'm not sure if you have a big house that that's the best Mm -hmm. solution i have yet to meet somebody and i could be wrong maybe they're they're due to inherit a mansion but i have yet to meet a baby boomer who says, yeah, I'm really excited about getting mom or dad's house when they die. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless yeah. they're, you know, some resort type right. situation, yeah. most kids don't want it. So that's mm-hmm. one of the arguments with parents. I want to leave you the house. Well, no, please yeah. don't act, you know, please don't leave it to me. Right. Enjoy it. Do a reverse, reverse mortgage, for example, mm-hmm. on that piece of property if you are determined to stay in your house. Yeah. But be real, realistic about what that looks like if you can't ever leave mm-hmm. your house. Yeah. So sometimes it's just being patient and letting them experience what that mm-hmm. is like for three months or six months. Right. My dad lost the ability to drive in March, and now he's experiencing what it's like to be more isolated. Mm-hmm. Caregivers come so in. That emotional. You know, what, what, what are some of those tips you would give for emotional you know, uh, needs, um, for, for a family or, you know, a person who like your dad is, he's alone now. Um, not alone, but he's, but he's on his own and that's tough. Well, and I think, uh, what I've been doing recently is I'll take one of my sons, my youngest is still Mm -hmm. in college and say, Hey, Papa, you should move to Charleston. (laughs) (laughs) My last conversation with him was, when it gets cooler, because it's pretty hot yeah. right in Charleston, when you're right. 89, you're not used to the heat. When it gets cooler, why don't you come visit us yeah. for a week? Okay. Right. 
So again, it's just, it's these baby steps. Yeah. My mother, had she still been living the situation reverse, she would have been a lot easier. Mm -hmm. She would have done whatever I asked and had moved without thinking twice about it. But my father, and I think, not picking on the men out there, but I think this is relatively Mm -hmm. true, they're the king of the castle. Yeah. And he retired and built his castle. Especially in that boomer generation. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And when he's, you know, definitely that generation of, uh, grew up in the Depression. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. My parents didn't have anything. I worked for everything. I worked through college, and I got to build my dream house where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So trying to convince someone. You don't let that go. Yeah. They don't <laughs> want to let that go. But but no, I go back to, well, my, my the family will come visit me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds nice, but the reality is they've got their own families. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, it, it's just, I think they have to experience it, which is painful to watch when you right. realize they're lonely and sad. And it breaks mm-hmm. my heart whenever I leave there yeah. and come back. And I walk out the door and, and know that he, he's off by himself. Right. But he's got to get to the point where he's yeah. willing to make a change. Yeah. And they want to be independent. They want to make their own decisions. They want to, you know, it's we can only help them make those decisions. They have to make them. Well, and talk about, again, what are some alternatives Mm -hmm. and present those to them. And if they're a type of person who works best with the spreadsheet, do Mm -hmm. that. If if you're able to have the conversation or drive them. (laughs) I took my dad (laughs) one time to a continuing care retirement community in that area and said, do you want to just walk in? And he said, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to the next time I go up, say, we can have a free dinner. There you go. Let's go check it out. <laughs> so it's it's now I know why all these yeah. places have the happy hours and the right the, to come join us for jazz mm-hmm. brunch or yeah, exactly. to get them in the door. And the next part I think is is health. You know, you know insurance, and I think I think a huge portion of that boomer generation they understand insurance. They've you know previously they've even had better insurance than we have now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, what would you tell them about, you know, different like, you know, long term care insurance and and different things like that? If you can get it and afford it, Mm -hmm. you should have it. Yeah. There are still companies out there that sell it. Mm -hmm. So and I think it also depends upon genetics. Yeah. I'm adopted, so I don't really have anything (laughs) I can look at. But when when I look at my parents, though, uh, their parents lived a long time Mm -hmm. and I look at my father-in-law and I look at my husband. My father-in-law is 87. He's in great health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if that looks like that's your future and you're blessed that you're going to live a long time, mm-hmm. then, again, you go back to that financial advisor. In my humble opinion, I am not a financial advisor. I don't right. work for any. But they should do the overall picture. They should bring in the insurance, uh, look at, Put you with somebody that's an expert on Medicare because there's so many Part A, Part B, Part C, Part mm-hmm. D, and it seems to change every year. Yeah. So look at that. Look at long-term care, and I go back to the funeral planning. If you're not sure you want to work with a particular funeral home, that's mm-hmm. fine. But put some money in there. Yeah, have the money set aside. Have something set aside, and if you're thinking about cremation go ahead and sign the paperwork right? because believe it or not, the Mm -hmm. cremation process is more laborious in terms of paperwork than being embalmed because it's irreversible. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So a lot of people don't really think, well, I can just go get cremated later in the day. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to have several pieces of paper in place, right. including a certified death certificate. Yeah. The um, the coroner has to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something called a b- b- burial removal transit form. So there's different pieces of paperwork that all have to be in alignment before mm-hmm. cremation can occur. Um, and and a, approval from a family member, immediate family member. I know I was forgetting one of them. If if you're not sure your family would all agree to you being cremated, mm-hmm. you can sign that ahead of time. Yeah. And it will supersede anybody's objections. Yeah. So you just, what's, again, you go back to tell your trusted POA mm-hmm. where everything is yes. <laughs> so they can find it. Right. And if you decide to prepay, also tell them that you've done that because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to go work at the funeral home and they right. and you think mom or dad didn't have it prepaid and it turned out they did. It was just with another funeral home. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll make you sick afterwards. <laughs> that'll make you sick afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that's something that uh, more of our generation is okay with cremation. Right. So that's something you're thinking about. Have that mm-hmm. conversation and just yeah. say, what do you think about that? Because at the end of the day, it's it's your loved ones that mm-hmm. you want to be comforted. You're you're right. gone. Mm-hmm. So what is best for them? And then talk about it. It is not an easy conversation, but if you can sort of make it a little bit more lighthearted, mm-hmm. um, it's easier to do at a time when you don't need it right away. Yeah. Then much easier. Much much easier. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Well, th- thank you so much. Uh, we're going to have you back on. There's so many different topics <laughs> that we're going to talk about and so many different things. And uh, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for the information you've brought. Um, a lot of this is so good for us to be thinking about. And, and, and I hope people listening will say, you know what, I need to talk to my mom and dad. I need to just get the conversation started. You know, and I think you gave some great tips on how to do that gently and not you know, come in hot. I hope you your will. listener out there does better than what I did. So. <laughs> Listen, we learn by we, mistakes. We do. You can only learn and, and move forward. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for all you do. And I encourage people, you know, if you're in Charleston, go to 94.3 FM and uh, on Saturdays from 930 to 10 a.m. and listen to Let's Talk Boomers. And uh, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, Jamie, for having me on. Thanks. We have a few things coming up that we want you to be aware of. The first thing is our social worker driving. The symposium will be at the Baptist Church of Beaufort in the social hall directly across the street from the church. Social workers will be able to earn up to five CEU credits, all for the low price of $50 per person. And this includes lunch. To register, you can go to www.ltchs.com forward slash LTCU. We encourage you to get registered right away for this great symposium. If you have questions or need more information, please email Susan Lutheran at S-L-U-T-H-R-E-N at ltchs.com. The second thing we want to tell you about is our Community Leadership Assembly. This happens on the first Monday of the month in Columbia, South Carolina at 1626 Main Street from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You will be inspired and learn from great teachers while getting to network with people from all over South Carolina. LTC administrators and social workers can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. 
you don't want to miss it the only cost for this event is ten dollars and that includes lunch so we want to see you there thanks so much for listening today and let's keep learning